Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Where I'm preaching today, I'm in Matthew chapter number 12. Thank you for coming out today, being in the house of the Lord with us. We're just... Uh, We're glad to be on the winning side. You're hearing you're unsaved today, you're on the losing side. It's where I'm preaching today, Matthew 12, verse number 22. I'm reading just a little lengthy down through verse 30. But this is my uh, introduction. Verse 30 is where my thoughts coming from. the Lord gave me this in prayer. If you found uh, Matthew 12 and 22, let me hear you say amen. amen. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil. Now, I'm going I'm I'm to stay on course tonight. And my plan is to stay on the thought of the of evil spirit spirits that have invaded America. There's no doubt about that. So I'm going to try to do that tonight. But he's possessed with a devil. He's blind and dumb. And he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. You you notice that there's a hierarchy, there's a chain of command, even in the possessed spiritual world. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself, I hope you're listening, America, is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Now there are exorcists at this particular time living among them. They're very aware of this. Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. The evidence was right before the rights. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods Except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Father, I love you, and I thank you for this day and the chance to be behind your desk once again. What a privilege, Lord, it is to stand and proclaim the word of God. Forgive my sin. Preach me, God, with a pure-minded heart today. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue. 
preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of this rent. I pray, God, that you touch the hearts in the house, those that might hear later uh, via the internet. God, you know. You know the need. You know the one closest to leaving this world. You know everything, God. You know my next breath, my next step. Oh, my God. You have been a good God to me. So, Lord, save lost people. Reclaim backsliders. God, bring them, put them back into fellowship where they need to be. Bless this word for your glory. Ask it in the king's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to preach this morning on time to join Jesus' team. Time to join Jesus' team. Uh, there is a host of things going on right here in this particular chapter. One, I want us to notice as we begin to read in verse 22, I want us to notice the opposition. The opposition, that thing that is opposed, that thing that is against you. Yeah. I, as Christians, especially in, in this day and time, Jimmy, I don't believe we're aware of everything that's against us. The opposition here was a possessed man. Now he's opposed to he, the very one that can help him, the spirit that is within him, he is possessed. The Bible's very clear about that. He's possessed. And that spirit is opposed. That is the opposition of Christ. It is, and I'll, I'll close the message with it, it is the spirit of anti-Christ. So it is against Christ. It's not on his team. It's the opposing team. Listen, we see a possessed man in opposition, but then we see the Pharisees that oppose him. They know what this book says. They know the 613 laws in the Old Testament and can quote them. Brilliant-minded men. All they done, they didn't have no Facebook, no television, no sports arenas to occupy their time. All they done was commit Meant their mind and scripture to memory. They saw it all the time. Every day they woke up, they wore phylacteries between their eyes, had little scriptures or on their hymns or their garment, little rolled up scriptures. They're continually thinking about the scripture, but they were ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Here they are. They're opposed to Christ. They're the opposite team. Then we see in these scriptures leading up to verse number 30, we not only see the opposition, but we see the opportunity. You can change sides whenever you want. You can be on the losing side. Now, I know this isn't popular preaching, and, and I'm in the minority in America today preaching that you can choose and you can, you can be on the winning side. And if you're not on Christ's side, you're on the losing side. Amen. You're on the wrong team. No one can choose that for you. Remember when you was a kid and everybody lined up and you picked two captains. Captain standing out there said, I want him. You want to be the first one picked. That said, you're just a little bit better than the rest of them. But you always had that kid that is standing there. Had 
their head down. They knew that was going to be the last one picked. Because they couldn't run, couldn't throw, couldn't jump. They stand there with their head down. And they waiting for everybody to get picked. If I was ever privileged to be the captain, you know the first one I picked? The kid nobody wanted. That's the one I wanted. I didn't know how I used to do that. But God must have put something in my heart way back then when I was a knot-headed boy staying in trouble all the time. But I had that much sense about me that I wanted the one that nobody else wanted. Later on, I got to studying the Word of God and I found out, praise God, that's just the way He is. You know who He wants? He wants the one that nobody else wants. He'll take the one that's broke down. Nobody's looking at them. They'll not excel. Jesus said, you watch this. I'll help them. We see the opportunity. First, it was the people that they questioned. Is not this the son of David? Now, when they said son of David in front of Jews, the Jews knew what that was in reference to, the Messiah. They knew. When he said, when the people said that in front of the Pharisees, they know that he's talking, they're talking about the Messiah. Is this, is this not him they're questioning? Now, they've just seen what he done. And they're asking, is this not him? But then we see the Pharisees. We don't know how many of the people that questioned that received him. But we see, we see this. The Pharisees completely reject him. They say, not so. You're, prince, you're, you're the prince of devils. That's how you're, cutting, that's how you're doing this. Because the prince of devils could obviously instruct the devils as what to do the lower, the lower spirits, if you would. Then the prince the one in control of them spirits could tell them to stay or go. That falling right in line with what I want us to be on tonight. And here we have this, here we have this Pharisee total rejection. There's people come to this church every Sunday. And reject, reject, and reject. Now some, some may not be here today, or some might be, I don't know. But too many hands have been raised in the past, brother. That I know that uh, uh, the opportunity is there, but they're, they're listen, they're opposing what's being preached. They don't like, they may not like my method. I don't apologize for that. I don't have any other way. It's just what I am. Amen. There's other guys that preach much more. They, they're, they're, they're greater orators. They're greater learned. They, they have ability to speak, and they're not real emotional. But that's just not me, and I'm not apologizing for how I am. It just, it, you can't blame it on the method. When you oppose it, you, you, you know what you're rejecting? The Word of God. It's not the man. I say this here often. It's not the method. It is the message. It is the message. You receive it. He received Many oppose it. So, as quick as I can today, I want to preach to you the Join Jesus team. Join Team Jesus. Just get on his team. Randall has no idea how preaching this. He gets up here and talk, talking about running out in the stadium today. I'm thinking, whoo! God's got us on the same track. You know what you'll notice? First thing about a team is the uniform. 
They all run out on the field, and this side's got one color uniform on, and this side's got another color uniform on. They do that so you know which one's on your team. That is so you won't blatantly throw the ball, pitch the ball, hit the ball to the guy on the opposite team. Because he looks different than you look. He's got on different wardrobe, a different uniform, if you would. In Isaiah 61 and 10, the Bible said this, He hath clothed me with garments of salvation and hath covered me in the robe of righteousness. You know what that is? That's our uniform. He put that thing on us. He put the garments, plural, of salvation and the robe, singular, of righteousness upon us. Watch this. The garments of salvation is underneath the robe of righteousness. The robe is the outer covering. The robe is this. It's the righteousness of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But he won't put the robe on you until you got the garments of salvation. Why would you say plural on garments? I'm glad you want to know. Salvation is a two-part. It is the grace of God. The grace of God hangs in the closet. The grace of God is the pool of water. The grace of God hath appeareth unto all men. But listen, if that was all there was, everybody would be saved. But not everybody's saved because there's another part. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith is the other part. Faith puts on grace. Hallelujah. Hey, puts it on, buttons it up, zips it up, and said, I got on the garment of salvation. Grace in the closet won't do you no good. We got too many things coming out of the closet nowadays. We need to get grace out and put it on. And then faith wraps that around us. But then there's, he doesn't just stop with that, Bubba. He does something else. What does he do? He takes a robe of righteousness. And we learn in Revelation that that fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So it's a nice robe. And he puts that thing on you. What is that game? That's the thing on the outside that you see. Who sees that? We saw it on Hill singing. Saw it on Michael singing. Saw it in the congregation singing. Saw it in our kids bringing the money into the children's home fund. Praise God for that. That thing's, let me brag on you, church. That thing's went through the roof of light. I don't hear many pennies and coins falling into the box. It's fold, we call it in my day, folding money. Hey, it's folding money going in the box. Sister Lisa said, this thing's gone up significantly. I said, praise God. Hey, look here. It might be that the kids are Kind of they're too sweet to say no to. Jim McComas said, that's the best thing I ever seen. Taking up the money. But it's the righteous act. It's what that robe represents. And people see what's on the outside. Now listen, man looketh on the outside. Where's God look? So God knows if the garment of salvation is home. And he knows if the robe is really righteous or not. You might fool some of the people some of the time, but you won't fool God never. You will not fool God. You can turn over a new leaf, you still got a leaf. That's the problem. You got to let God take that leaf off and put the robe of righteousness on you, and then you got on the right thing. That's the uniform. I don't believe that, preacher. The devil has a uniform. 
flip right, I mean, two pages over front. I want to read this to you right here. Listen real close. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. As he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, like as with his garment, so let it come into his bowels like water and like oil unto his bones. And let it be unto him as the garment which covereth him and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually. You know what that's saying? That's, listen, that's the opposing team's uniform. It's the garment of cursing. I don't know about you, but I'll choose blessing over cursing any day. So if you're not on team Jesus, you're on the opposing team. King, King, King Jesus' uniform is garments of salvation and a robe of righteousness. And everybody can see what uniform you're wearing. If that robe of righteousness is on you, they see that. They know it. You can't fool people, praise God. They know. But if you're cussing, having a fit, can't get under control, everything's wrong. I mean, you can put on a good face part of the time. Most of the time, you're a heathen. You know what? God said you're not going to have the blessing. You've got the curse. And that curse is a garment that you're wearing around. Need to change uniforms. Not only the uniform of Team Jesus, but here, here, this is this is the unity of the team. I'm going to plow right here for just a minute. Behold, that means to look here. Behold this. How good. And how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Dwell together in unity. It's essential that unity be in the team. You know what I heard yesterday? I didn't watch the ball game, but I caught a clip after it was over. And they interviewed this one. Oh boy, he said, we just come together. I said, bless God, that's, that's my message. Just come together. And we ought to be able to celebrate what Brother David said the night we baptized him up here and come up out of the water singing, ain't no grave. So if we get to looking at other things, we need to just forget about that thing that's disturbing us and just get to thinking about ain't no grave. Unity, watch this. Is it good? It's essential. So I heard this guy the other day. Man, Pat said I watched too many videos. I watched this guy, and he is blessed. Of course, he's, he's, he's five-point Calvinist, and I just disagree with him, brothers. We can't get on the same page. You're going to have to tear whosoever out of the Bible to get me in the Calvinist movement. Okay. I found out where he said in Revelation, you take away from this book, I'll take your part away. I think I'll just leave it alone. What about you? And he is blasting the Pentecostals and the church of God. And I'm thinking, buddy, we can disagree. 
But you better leave them boys and girls alone. That's not your job. Your job is to preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. And you let the Holy Ghost direct them in where their conviction lies. And you let them worship in that mode and manner. I got, look here. I'm here because this is where my conviction is. But I'm not going down the street to where my friends are. And I'm satisfied they've been born again. I've seen the robe of righteousness on them. And I'm not going down there and beat up on them. And get up here and tell how bad they are. Listen, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I like what Joe Arthur said. I may be independent Baptist, but I'm not mad about it. I said, you and me can get along, brother. Unity. Listen. It is like the precious ointment. It's when the brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and down to the skirts of his garments. His garments. His garments. And that thing ran down. You know what that's a picture of? That the unity was all over him. It was like the oil. The oil, it didn't, it, the oil didn't just cover his right hand. The oil was on his left hand. The oil wasn't just on his head, it was on his beard. And what 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 does the beard surround? The mouth. And so the oil is all over the head, down the arms, to the skirt, I mean to his feet. Roger Duncan preached it like this. From his head to his hands to his heels. Praise God, what an outline. That'll preach. That's where the unity was in these brethren. You know what that done? Praise God. Well, let's just read what it done. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. God commanded that blessing upon them. Because of the unity. So if there's disunion in the body, if there's not unity in the home, if there's not unity in the family, you better get it fixed. You better get it fixed. God wants to bless you, but he can't bless you if you don't have unity. I told you it's going to plow for a minute. Hey, you want to see this? The unity brings the blessing. But when, it's, when you're not in unity, here's what, here's what we, have. we have. We have the blessings or we have the broken. John 13 and 2, here's what the Bible says. <clears throat> the devil having now put into the heart of Jesus Iscariot, Simon's son that should betray him. You know what's wrong with him? No road of righteousness. On the wrong team, Jimmy. He's on the wrong team. You know what the wrong team brings? Death. There's no, there's no winning side there. He's broken. Instead of blessing, you choose it yourself. You can have the blessing or you can have the broken. Does the blessing mean that we're not going to have no problem? No, that's ridiculous. In this world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, praise God. You're going to have problems. He saved my soul, not my body. My back hurts. My teeth's falling out. Hey, I've got weak eyes. Things are
I can't jump as high or as far or run as fast. And all you young guys are smiling. Just keep living, son. You're going to wake up one day and say, I didn't do anything yesterday. Why do I hurt? Because you woke up. Some of you remember Granny Davis that used to come here. Granny said this to me. She said, Ah, when I wake up hurting in the morning, God lets me know I'm still alive. You can have the broken, or you can get in unity and have the blessing. It's up to you. God won't make you do it. He won't make you do it. But get in unity, He can help you. I can't imagine walking in my house not having peace. I mean, I can't have, I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine walking in wearing Pat's going to throw something at me. If my son was to hear us raise our voice at each other, he would freak out. That's modern day vernacular for going crazy. He's never heard me. Am I capable of doing that? No, I still got a bad temper. But God has helped me suppress that. Now, Pat didn't hate me in that right there, but he has helped me greatly. He's helped me greatly. And I've had the blessing. I've lived the blessing. I woke up this morning. My feet hit the floor. About 5.20, I head to the kitchen. I flip on the light. I'm looking around. There's a bowl of fruit there, Brother Brands. You're not going to believe this. I'm going to take a picture of it. I got two October tomatoes. I didn't even plant. They come up voluntarily. They're that big and turning red as blood. I've never seen a ripe tomato in October. I'm going to take a picture of it. Pat said, they'll be so sour you can't eat them. I said, I'm eating them anyway. God blessed me with a red October tomato. You got any October tomatoes? That's not a hothouse tomato. And I didn't plant the seed then. I said, this come up in the flower bed. I said, well, look at it. I'd walk by that thing. And them deer's eating everything else up, but the only thing they didn't eat, Bubba, you and Josh are going to have to get busy. <laughs> the only thing they didn't eat was that tomato plant. I thought, boy, the Lord's blessed me. They eat everything around it. I had plenty to eat. The bowl's full. Open the refrigerator. Praise God. It's the food you can't put nothing else in it. I made a hot pot of coffee, sat down with my Tootsie Rolls, Opened the word of God up, Gabe. And I just sat there and started to cry. I thought, my, my. These people live in places. They woke up on the sidewalk this morning. They don't have a thing. These children that's been bombed out on both sides, Israel and Palestine both. They don't have nothing. They don't know what's going on. I went to pray this morning. I said, Lord, this is your boy. <laughs> Praise God. I live in a king's palace. I drive a clean king's car. I wear a king's clothes. My God's been good to me. I'm telling you, unity's better than being broken. Just getting unity. Of the Lord. Last today is the unction. The uniform identifies us. The unity testifies. And the unction glorifies. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me over to 1 John chapter 2, and some of you are already there. 
1 John chapter 2. And about verse, I'm, I'm going to start at 18 and read this to you. 1 John 2 and 18. Little children, that means it's his, it's, this is his. It is the last time. Now, there's great debate over what that last time means. I'm of the opinion, and a great many theological scholars are too, that the time in reference here is dispensation. Well, you and I agree on that, Jimmy. Some might disagree, and I won't fall out. Some said it was speaking to the time of the Jew. I believe it's dispensation. Now, and that's neither here nor there. That's just a little bit of Bible for you. And as we, you have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists. Now this is uh, 90, 65 years, 70 years after the death of Christ. I won't argue about that either. But the Antichrist, now that not only means instead of Christ, but it means opposed of Christ. In other words, it's the opposite team. They are not for Christ. They are anti, against, or opposing Christ. Are you still with me? Whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, he's writing about that in his day. There's many in his day. How many do we have today? There's multitudes of antichrist out there. But there is only going to be one, the antichrist. The one that's going to stand in the temple of Jerusalem and declare himself God. He's not done that yet. He hasn't done that yet. They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. There's the litmus test. Some said, I don't like the scripture that he endured the end shall be saved. Well, that's what this just said. Them that went out were not of us. That they might be made manifest, clear, that you might obviously see it, no robe of righteousness. <clears throat> that they were not all of us. Many say, Lord, Lord. Many that say, Lord, Lord, shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is pretty plain about that. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. That is spiritual things. That is the things necessary for salvation. Now there's parts of this Bible that say, well, that's all things. Not all things as including all Bible prophecy. Brother Dave Mitchell, they some of still, I'm still scratching my head at. I'll not get into all that right now. There's parts of it. And I have not learned as of yet, but I'm trying to learn. And I may not know everything. Uh, and probably don't want to know until I get there. And then when I get there, I won't care. But now, I not only have the uniform and unity, but I have the unction. The unction does not bring glory to me. The unction brings glory to him. The Holy Ghost doesn't speak of himself. He speaks of Christ. So if I'm preaching under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to praise him 
over Christ, though these three are one, but I'm, he is the sign that points to Jesus, and I'm going to point you toward him. What are you trying to do? Trying to get you on his team. You can't just think you're on the team, friend. If you don't have a uniform on, I promise you. You don't have on the garment of salvation, you're not on his team. See, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. For he that believeth is not on condemnation. Him that believeth, there's no condemnation to him that believeth. But to him that believeth not, he's already under condemnation. Why? Because he believes not on the name of the only God, Son of God. So he's living under the condemnation of God. You know, what, you know what that means? It means you're on the wrong team. Not on the right team. On the, on the opposing team. No uniform, no unity. Check ourselves with this. No unction. If you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are. You know what it says? That's what that means. It means to be rubbed on you. Smeared. Smeared on you. He put it on you. You can't put that on yourself. You can, you can melt down every jar of Crisco between here and California, pour it on your head, you'd just be greasy. But if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Say, God, and what you say, God, touch me. Do you have that today? Which team you on? It's 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 gonna be You know what army this is that we're in? Voluntary. This is a voluntary army. It's a voluntary team. He won't. They won't make you get on his team. And he'll wound you. He'll recruit you. You know. You know what happens between the last game of the year in football and the bowl season. You know why they want a better bowl? It improves recruiting. And so they go out. And they say, look what we've done. We've won this many games, and we'd like to have you on our team. And they used to pay them, but they've got pretty smart at catching them now, so they've kind of quit doing that. And they woo them boys, and they said, well, we want you. We'll make a star out of you. One of the most uh, prolific things, that, or profane things that uh, Phil Fulmer ever said was, he said, look, we don't want to make them superstars. We want to make them better men. That's what Phil said right out of his mouth. It wasn't just a year or two after that he won a national championship. And he never won another one, but praise God, he won one. A lot of them boys coach a lot of years and never win nothing. That's a good thing. That's why he recruits you. He wants you on his team. Now, can you imagine that? That the God of glory wants broken Useless pieces of flesh like us on his team. He wants to put us in the uniform. He wants to give us unity. And 
and he wants to smear us with the unction. <laughs> that's good right there. Play me something softer. It's been about 30. I have to go by Dusty's age. He's 39. Is he 39? So it's been about 30 years ago. 31 years ago, to be exact. We was living. When did we live at Meta Creek? 32 years ago. I don't even know how long. It's been a long time. I was on the back porch playing music, trying to write country songs with my cousin, Marty McCoy. Backslid on God. Just how it was. So I don't believe in backsliding. You're probably there right now. I didn't say you was lost. I said you backslid. Delver showed up at our house. I thought, gosh, here's a preacher. Right in the middle of jamming where it got the preacher showed up. I led him through the house out on the back deck. There sitting big old Marty and me. We're sitting out there scribbling notes jingling stuff. Delver just pulled him up a chair and sat down. We played him a country song. He probably lied. He said, oh, that's good. I thought that's a lie. And he leaned over at him, Mike. He said, you know why I want you? He said, you know why God sent me out here, don't you? I said, no, why? I'm recruiting you, Mike. I said, Delver, you don't need me. He said, I need you. Yeah. I'm recruiting you. Yeah. I thought, man, get out of here, Delver. I couldn't write nothing. The rest of the day, I was all messed up. I couldn't even think. I couldn't play a G and a C. All I could hear was, I'm recruiting you. We're down here on the ball field. We used to have ball games right when I was young to play. I used to have ball games down here on homecoming day. I mean, it was big time, and everything's changed. The field was over here in this corner, and we were down there playing ball. I ran into Jimmy at first base, and like hitting a wall, thought I was going to die. He's solid as a rock. We was coming back up the hill. We'd all played ball, wore out. Delmer said, I'm recruiting you, Mike. advance your rank he's wanting to give you get you off the sideline and on the field he's wanting to put you where the action's at you got on the uniform but there's just a little something missing there the unity that ought to be there just not there he can't advance you he sure can't do anything without the unction not by my nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's stand on our feet, bow our heads. We're in a place soft on this.
If you need to pray about something, you ought to come and say, Lord, just help me today. While she plays, would you come? Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.